Welcome to the fourth episode of Wisconsin Transition Talks with Brian and Stacy. And before we get started today, we'd like to take a minute to recognize Lisa Van Dyke from TIG and Phil Anderson from CISA2 for all their behind the scenes work on our podcast. They are absolutely amazing and we are really fortunate to have them on our team. So again, thank you to Lisa and Phil for making this podcast what it is. Um, so again, I am Stacy Duffy here, the transition specialist at CISA2, and I am with Brian Kenny. I'm Brian Kenny. I'm with the Transition Improvement Grant. And uh, Stacy, our website now has the podcast. So it's uh, www.witig.org, and you'll be able to find the podcast under um, our video section of our website. And Lisa has done a really good job. Um, making those available and they're out on all kinds of different forms of media as well. Spotify is an example. So we're, we're making it big. That's awesome. Yeah, this is really exciting. And those uh, are also available on CISA 2's website too. She's, they've just done a great job with that. So very excited about all our new platforms. So Brian, I'm very excited to get to our guest today. So why don't you go ahead and get started with the intro? So we're, um, we're pretty lucky to have Joshua Johnson with us from the State Director of Bureau of Apprenticeship Standards. Um, Josh, prior to being the State Director, uh, was Chief of Field Operations for Registered Apprenticeship. Uh, he also served as a construction craft laborer apprentice and then worked as a construction craft laborer journey worker. Uh, Josh brings his experience in the field as an apprentice to his director role. Uh, one of his big projects is he has stepped into the current modernization of program curriculum for youth apprenticeship. Josh has been updating this curriculum and ensures that youth apprenticeship adequately, adequately meets the current and future needs of Wisconsin industries and our workforce. By creating a seamless transition to related registered apprenticeships and increasing transferable credits and credentials, this sets up students for immediate success as they start on their post-secondary pathway. So I've had the pleasure of working with Josh in the past year uh, when we did our community of practice and he's just a super exciting, has a passion for serving students and really wants to make improvements. He's always looking to get better. So we're, we're pretty lucky to have Josh with us and we're gonna get right to the, the content. So Josh, can you briefly explain the youth apprenticeship? We call it the YA program and the registered adult apprenticeship, which we call the RA program and how they are different yet how they coexist. Yeah, I definitely can. And thank you. Thank you, Brian and Stacy, for having me on the show. This is really exciting. Uh, I guess I did good enough that you guys invited me back to talk a little bit more. So I'm uh, really exciting. Uh, and I hope that today I'm able to share, uh, get a little more in depth about the work that we're doing here at Wisconsin Apprenticeship uh, through the support of, through the, support of uh, the Wisconsin Department of Workforce Development. So a couple things. I'm going to I'm going to lay the groundwork for the differences between YA and RA, um, as I know them. Uh, so youth apprenticeship uh, comes in a one or two year package. It's either 450 or 900 hours. Uh, there are 11 career, career clusters um, uh, that are associated with youth apprenticeship. Registered apprenticeship, I'm just kind of lay the groundwork. Registered apprenticeship, the requirements of a registered apprenticeship 
for any registered apprenticeship program that's built is it has to be a minimum of one year in length, has to be an occupation that is routinely learned on the job, and it has to be accompanied by 144 hours of related instruction, schooling to support that. So their difference is really laying the fact that a youth apprenticeship is preparing you for the workforce and a registered apprenticeship is you're walking into that career, so to speak. What I've noticed and what I've seen since I became the director in December of 2019, uh, somewhere along the line, youth apprenticeship in Wisconsin, which by the way, has a, a, a the longest running registered youth apprenticeship program in the nation since 1991, to go along with the longest running registered apprenticeship program in the nation since 1911, um, we, we We've seen, and in discussions with the section chief, Kathy Crary, we've seen that over the past 30 years, it started as work-based learning, preparing individuals to go into the workforce, and somehow, some way, it turned into career exploration, which mean, meant that as students were going through youth apprenticeship, it was just part of going to school, and it was just career exploration, even if they were already set to go to a four-year college. So what we're working really hard to do is to get back to that work-based learning, preparing for the workforce because built within youth apprenticeship is career exploration already. On the skills checklist, that's all career explorations because they don't just do one thing in the cluster. They do multiple different things in the cluster. So that is the part of the career exploration. The other part of it, we have to make a very intentional effort to bridge those youth once they complete their youth apprenticeship into a registered apprenticeship. Now, the difference here is registered apprenticeship that is with our employers who have been, as I said, since 1911, many of them have been around, not since 1911, but many of them have been around for a very long time. But what they have not done is figured out how to tap into the youth apprenticeship population or the youth apprenticeship program to bring those youth into registered apprenticeship. So when we talk about their differences, there's many more similarities than there are differences in my opinion, it's just a chain or it's just a, a different philosophy of how it's operating. One is for youth to prepare them to go into the workforce. One is for those individuals who've decided this is the career pathway they want to enter. So how we're making them coexist, and this is the really exciting part. Uh, the boring part is the, the, you know, the details of how they look and the, the, the differences and similarities. The fun stuff is how they coexist. And this is where I've stepped in and I've re-energized our whole system uh, when we talk about youth and registered apprenticeship. Because when I came in as director, I wondered, we have this fantastic pipeline of 6,000 students a year, at, at minimum, I'll say 5,000, because we hit 6,000 at our record year, which I don't think it'll ever go below that again. But we're having these five, 6,000 students that are connected to youth apprenticeship. And let's just say half of them, 50% of them graduate, 3,000 graduate from high school and complete their youth, youth apprenticeship. We have no place for them to go. There's no connection to registered apprenticeship. So we have 3,000 students ready to enter the workforce and we have nothing there for them. So it's really exciting now because we figured out a way to help have them coexist, which means I'm looking at each, there's 11 clusters in youth apprenticeship and in registered apprenticeship, there's over 200 occupations that we offer in registered apprenticeship. So one of the goals that I have is to make sure that each cluster in youth apprenticeship has a minimum of one occupation, registered apprenticeship occupation, that it can bridge to. And that's our coexisting. 
because the focus should be how do we bridge these youth who decide that they want to enter the workforce, that they want to enter into a registered apprenticeship. How do we bridge them into that registered apprenticeship? So a lot of work has been going into creating that bridge, making that bridge visible, uh, but also having those conversations because what we found out is there are many youth apprenticeship employers who don't do registered apprenticeship. And there are many registered apprenticeship employers who don't do youth apprenticeship. So it's a lot of education going on. Um, a lot of showing these employers the value of tapping into this tap, this pipeline that has existed since 1991. So it is really exciting, really exciting, at, uh, really exciting times that we're entering into. So, Josh, for example, if I was a student in a high school and I had a huge passion for welding and I did my level one welding apprenticeship and I'm really getting into fabrication and then I do my level two, there's a, a place for me to go after high school that could potentially be cost neutral for me to get post-secondary education and training and get my, my journeyman credential. Correct. So you, after you finish your level one and level two, and that's where you decide you want to go into, you're going to get connected to one of our apprenticeship navigators uh, we now currently have apprenticeship navigators. We have four of them across the state. That is a new initiative where those individuals, they work directly with people and getting you connected to registered apprenticeship opportunities. So when you complete your level one and level two, Brian, congratulations, we have something ready for you to walk into in registered apprenticeship, whether it's in manufacturing, in welding and fabrication, it could be in construction. You know, there's many different ways uh, not different ways, but when we did look at the different occupations that you can enter into with welding experience, but more importantly, and I think this is the key with 900 hours minimum of welding uh, um, credit that goes towards your registered apprenticeship, because anything that you do in youth apprenticeship, we've created a guideline that shows how much credit you can take over from that youth apprenticeship into your registered apprenticeship. Now, the key there is any hours that you take over shorten your apprenticeship, your registered apprenticeship, shorten some of the schooling you may have to do as part of registered apprenticeship. But more importantly, aha, you may move closer to that next first raise in your wage because in registered apprenticeship, there is a progressive wage scale by law. So you know exactly how much you make throughout your apprenticeship. So with those 900 hours, it's not going to put you halfway through, right? But it's going to put you in a nice little place where you're going to be coming in with some nice credit towards your registered apprenticeship. Could you talk briefly about the bridge program in Wisconsin? Yeah, and and it and it is brief. It's very brief, uh, and the only reason it's very brief is because we, even though it's been around since 2015. We're really starting to ramp it up and get the word out about it. And that, and that has come under, uh, once I became the director of looking at, um, and under our previous director, the illustrious Karen Morgan, she built a bridge, you know, understanding the bridge. And my goal has been just to pull everything out of it and say, this is what we're supposed to be doing. This is exactly uh, what the intent was. So that has been a huge focus of mine, which is how can we make sure that we're providing these youth when they're completing these youth apprenticeships, we need to be providing them with opportunities in registered apprenticeship. So the bridge, you know, effect, we don't have a logo for it, but if you imagine a bridge, they're walking from graduation right into a, uh, uh, into an occupation. And we've done that over this past summer. Actually, I've attended a few events, bridge events 
uh, where youth graduated from high school. They literally graduated and the next day they were signing their apprentice contract. So those type of opportunities are very exciting. Wow. And we're, we're making that much more um, fathomable across the state. You know, I always say, and, I, and I've said this uh, uh, throughout the summer, we celebrate youth as they go to college. We celebrate them when they go to the military. We celebrate them when they're playing sports. But we don't ever celebrate youth who make the, a very, very responsible decision to enter into the workforce after high school. And it's crazy that you think about it like that. But no matter what you do in life, from the moment we become kindergartners, from the moment we're born, we got to get into the workforce at some point in time. So we never celebrate. It just becomes a part of, well, that's just what you're supposed to do. So I've changed that mentality and I've looked at it. And I want to make sure that we're celebrating those youth who are making the wise decision and responsible decision to enter into the workforce going into a registered apprenticeship. Yeah, I love that idea about celebrating it. That is fantastic. Um, looking at students with IEPs, uh, what can we do to support students with IEPs who want to participate more fully in work-based learning opportunities, you know, including youth apprenticeships and <clears throat> registered adult apprenticeships? Great question. Uh, so Wisconsin Apprenticeship has made this uh, one of the initiatives that we are truly tackling head on. When we looked at this, we say, OK, with my DVR background, uh, working in DVR for a short amount of time, you know, I always thought about it. I said, wow. Individuals who are coming in here for assistance uh, with a disability, you know, why are we not connecting them to family sustaining careers? And those family sustaining careers exist a lot in apprenticeship. How come we're not making that connection? And it wasn't it, it wasn't intentional. It was just the system wasn't built to support that. So we've tackled that head on with some with uh, federal grant monies uh, that we received, but also just the change in philosophy and partnering. Uh, it, it's interesting. Division of Vocational Rehabilitation and uh, uh, apprenticeship are in the same agency and we never really talked. Uh, but we're really excited to create that partnership as well as other siloed areas uh, that we were never a part of because it was our choice to not be a part of it. We, you know, we we looked at apprenticeship in a different uh, avenue. But to get back to your question, uh, we're currently looking at data uh, to see how many individuals have been connected from the Division of Vocational Rehabilitation. So students, that include students and adults, and have become apprentices. Now, I'm really looking forward to seeing what this data looks like. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm going to keep low expectations. Uh, that way I can be pleasantly surprised uh, that some we do have some good numbers showing uh, coming across and getting into registered apprenticeship. But one of the goals of that, pulling that data, is so that now we can focus on how we can go in and properly connect to those students with the IEPs, how we can connect to uh, the adults who are part of DVR. We need to figure out a strategy of connecting to them and showing them the benefits of apprenticeship. Now, on the other side of it, we also have to conduct outreach to employers and help them understand the accommodations that are possible for anyone that they hire with any type of disability. And I think sometimes that's where employers... Uh, they they get a little you get a little leery, right? It's like, all right, what can we do? How can we support? And many times it's so simple the answer of how to support this individual. But the employer gets scared and the employer gets worried. Uh, you know that if they are they going to fit in on the work floor? Are they going to fit in on the job site? So we want to be that that conduit to really be in the middle and say, okay, let's make this marriage of uh, individuals and students uh, with disabilities with IEPs. And employers who want to hire individuals, 
They want to hire. They want to be part of someone's success story. How can we play in the middle and help them understand that uh, that process and make them feel safe and comfortable while also saying, hey, we're here. Here's a cache of accommodations that are available to this this individual when you hire them. Uh, and also that's part of the, the navigator, you know, the initiative with the navigator. You know, they're they're conducting monthly meetings with our local DVR staff, and that includes adult and transition youth uh, um, staff at the DVR level uh, and really talking to them about apprenticeship and getting them to understand apprenticeship. So the goal, the ultimate goal is really to make sure we're planting that seed and exposing those youth to apprenticeship as well as exposing those counselors and teachers in the schools, because that right there is the most important part where you have to get individuals to change their mindset and understand just because someone has a disability does not mean they can't pursue a family sustaining career. So there's a lot of work going on with it, uh, with, with trying to uh, focus on uh, helping uh, youth as well as adults uh, with disabilities uh, get connected to registered apprenticeship opportunities. Josh, it's it's obvious to both Stacy and I that you're you're passionate and enthusiastic about the work that you're doing, and it's it's great work. And but what would be one word besides passionate that you would use to describe yourself? If you could just pick one word, <laughs> only one word. Uh, no, one. and we're putting you on the spot. <laughs> I know, right? No, you know, honestly, the word I choose is humble. Um, and for all the excitement that I have, uh, for all the positive energy, you know, that I put out there, I am truly very humble. You know, I came up through the system. I came up through the apprenticeship system as an apprentice who never would have guessed that I'd be the director of the Wisconsin Apprenticeship one day um, and, and came through that, worked, entered into government and now in this position of uh, being able to really to affect some change within the state of Wisconsin when it becomes when it comes to youth apprenticeship, registered apprenticeship, and certified pre-apprenticeship. You know, so I think humble, many people may not, you know, they might be humble, yeah, right. But I think humble uh, really does identify. I, I am, I'm humbled by all this, the success we're having, um, you know, that exciting, I, I do have tons of passion for it because I see, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, I see apprenticeship as the vessel to eradicate poverty in our state. It truly is. When you get individuals engaged and involved and understanding that you can walk into a job not knowing anything about the job, and in a certain amount of years or a certain amount of time, you will be fully trained on how to do that job. You can't tell me any other workforce solution that exists anywhere in the country that gives the ability for someone to walk in with no experience and to walk out with a journey worker's card and a family sustaining career. So that's why I get so passionate about it. Uh, but that's also humbling because you have to understand too, so many people don't even know this exists. They don't know this opportunity exists. So that's one of the big focuses of mine is to make sure we're educating folks about these opportunities. If I am a listener and I'm not familiar with any of these opportunities, um, where or what resources would you recommend? Is there a website? Um, where, where would be my first stop in terms of finding more information about youth apprenticeships and registered adult apprenticeships? So the key, so a couple of things here, and I'll talk about our new outreach campaign that we have going on across the state. Um, we spent, uh, we spent a considerable amount of um, some money we received from grants to conduct intentional outreach 
to underrepresented populations. And what I mean by that is we did a billboard campaign and we didn't just do billboards that are on the highway. We put billboards in urban areas, in the city. You know, I drive through Milwaukee. Uh, I live just outside of Milwaukee. When I drive through Milwaukee, I'm blown away by how many of our billboards you we see. And I'm so excited, like, oh my God, there's our billboard. And the reason I'm so excited is because it gives exposure. It's letting individuals know that apprenticeship is for them. And the key of that outreach campaign is every billboard and a video, we did a 30 second video, the talent in those video videos are actual live apprentices and the only talent in there, they are women or minorities. So we're really trying to get the impact across to let individuals know that apprenticeship is truly for everyone. But for those of youth who are interested in youth apprenticeship, I definitely say contact your career counselor. Uh, there may be a YA coordinator. I know in different school districts, they call it something different. There's different titles, uh, but get involved there. Uh, for anyone that's graduating high school and wants to become a registered apprentice, they can uh, reach out to one of our apprenticeship navigators. And both groups, whether you're a youth or a register going into registered apprenticeship or their parents, you can all visit our website, which is wisconsinapprenticeship.org. That's Wisconsin, spelled all the way out, apprenticeship.org. And we have a lot of information out there. We're actually revamping our website now. Really excited about that, too. Uh, we're going to have this website that just looks like so super cool and so super real click and one click and you get to where you want to be. Uh, so we're really excited about that as well as we continue to try to get the word out to individuals uh, about the opportunities that exist within registered apprenticeship when you participate in a youth apprenticeship. Would we be able to include a link to that website from our podcast so that our listeners can easily find that resource? Definitely. Definitely. Great. Thank you. Josh, one of the things that we talk about in our work on a daily basis is um, a phrase, and it's probably my favorite phrase right now, um, it's excellence for all. And when we say the word all, uh, we really need to include all students. So when, when you think about excellence for all, what does that really mean to you? <laughs> you know, it, Brian, it plays right in line with my saying, which is apprenticeship is for everyone. That means everyone. That does not mean this person, that person. That does not mean this business or that business. It means everyone. And I think that's the key that we have to continue to get out, whether it's excellence for all, apprenticeship for everyone, we need to make sure that we're being inclusive, right? We talk to businesses a lot about across the state about being diverse. Well, diversity, sure, it's great, but we need inclusion. And inclusion is the key. There's diversity means nothing without inclusion. You can't, you can't just have people working for you that are diverse, but no one at the table making the decisions is not diverse or included. So really the key, that's a huge focus of mine, diversity and inclusion within registered apprenticeship and youth apprenticeship. We are trying to find a way to make sure that we are creating the balance that we need to show and prove inclusion throughout the workforce here in the state of Wisconsin. So I think about it. I also think about it. It's, it's funny. You ask when you say excellence for all. I also think about that in the way we talk about apprenticeship sectors. Right? We have 11 career clusters in youth apprenticeship. In registered apprenticeship, there are 10 career sectors. So many people think that apprenticeship is only in construction, but they forget that we have nine other sectors that we train apprentices in. We have the core four, which are construction, manufacturing, service, and utility. 
And then we have what I call the innovative six, IT, healthcare, agriculture, finance, biotech, and transportation. So when we talk about this, apprenticeship is for everyone. We're really trying to be very cognizant and intentional with creating opportunities in different sectors, exploring other opportunities in new sectors that may be fed by youth apprenticeship, but really at the end of the day, making sure that we are advertising and marketing to everyone the opportunities in apprenticeship. And the key, the point of that starts with showing those access points, making sure individuals see those access points. Those access points have to be visible, otherwise we will not be successful. Well, Josh, you, you've uh, you've done a great job today, really kind of highlighting the things we really wanted to talk about, which is making people aware of the Youth Apprenticeship Program um, and the opportunities that exist for juniors and seniors in high school. Um, we talked a lot about special populations and getting the word out to everyone. Excellence for all is high priority and equity and diversity and inclusive practices and you're a pioneer for this program, and we, we can't thank you enough for um, your powerful words, uh, your your passion, your enthusiasm for this. Uh, I think our listeners are going to be very pleased with um, the takeaways from this, and it's going to help change adult practices, which is going to change youth outcomes. So Agreed. Thank you. Agreed. And, you know, if, if, if as a as a last uh, a parting message, you know, I'd love to give a message to parents that may listen to this or to the, the, the staff who may be connected to parents that listen to this. And I wanna send them the message that when they think about their student, their youth, and they're going through, and, and the student recognizes, you know, I'm not really interested in four-year college right now. I'd like to get into a youth apprenticeship and maybe get into a registered apprenticeship. I wanna send a message to parents and let them know this. Joshua Johnson, state director of Wisconsin Apprenticeship, has never stepped foot on a college campus. I earned my education through an apprenticeship, as a construction craft laborer, and I worked my way up to where I am at now. So the belief that you have to attend a four-year university to be successful is not a belief that we should continue to push down on our children. If any parents have any question, if they ever want to know anything about my story and where I am, please feel free to reach out to me and I will share with you why at the end of the day, your child making a decision to come into the workforce is a very responsible decision. You know, I tell parents all the time when we do these bridge events, I laugh because I was in Racine and a, and a parent, he was like, in three years, my son at the age of 21 will be making more money than I've ever made in my life. People don't understand that and they don't get that correlation with registered apprenticeship. They don't get why that is possible, but it's possible because apprenticeship is family sustaining careers and you get schooling. So you are kind, you are going to college because you're at a technical college doing your reg, uh, your related instruction for the most part. And you're also getting that on the job training. Uh, so, yes, a message to parents, please, please don't ever dash your child's dreams. If they decide they do not want to go to college and they want to come in to register apprenticeship, please don't dash their dreams. There's great opportunities out here and we'd love to have them participate in a youth apprenticeship as well as a registered apprenticeship. I think that's a great place to end and. Uh, on behalf of uh, our podcast project, uh, Wisconsin Transition Talks, um, Stacy and I look forward to uh, podcast number five. Uh, stay tuned for what's next. Thank you so much, Josh. Thank you, you Josh, job. for taking the time. That was a very powerful message you shared with us today. So thank you.
Thank you all for having me. I enjoy it every time.